the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is filled with both sunshine and storms. But without God's navigation, souls can easily become spiritually shipwrecked. Anchored in Christ is a weekly broadcast that ministers the scriptures so we can know Christ the Savior and enjoy salvation, security, strength, and stability found only in Him as we set sail through life's marvelous journey. Here's Pastor David Kahiwat. Mark chapter 4. If you're able to, please stand for the reading of God's Word as we read Mark 4, verses 1 through 9. The scripture says, And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was dried up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell, on, uh, fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some one hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Thank you very much. You may be seated. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on this message this morning. As we come before you, dear God, we come as empty vessels. And we ask that as we sang just a moment ago, that you would fill our cups. Fill us with thy word. Fill us with thy spirit and I ask that you would give us spiritual understanding and discernment to apply your word to our hearts and I pray that we would be receptive and responsive to your Holy Spirit's working in our hearts this morning use me simply as your messenger we'll give you the glory and praise for all these things in Jesus name amen have you ever wondered why it is that some people respond to the messages or the gospel while others do not? Why is it that a preacher or an evangelist can share the same message with a whole group of people all at the same time, and some will soak up the message while others scoff at the message? Well, this is addressed in our passage this morning. Here's the setting that we read in this passage. Upon the western shore of the Galilean lake, Jesus was teaching and healing. And as he was about his father's business with the twelve and a few others, multitudes then assembled around to hear 
this new and different messages and miracles from this amazing stranger. Jesus then withdrew, seeing the multitudes gather and increase. He withdrew into a vessel and launched a few yards away to better reach the audience. And there upon the tiny vessel, Jesus taught parables. And this one is one of the most profound and even one of the most popular parables that he spoke. And when Jesus spoke, the language was figurative, drawn from the familiar surroundings. There on the shore of Galilee, there were birds flying in the sky. There were rocks upon which the audience sat. In the backdrop, there were crops in the fields and farmers working. J.C. Ryle said about this passage of scripture, he said, the language of this parable needs no explanation. And to use the words of an ancient writer, it needs application, not exposition. This lesson appears in Matthew chapter number 13, here in our uh, passage, Mark 4, and in Luke chapter number 8. And like most parables, it's a simple story, and yet it contains essential teaching about God's kingdom, both for Mark's readers and for us today. And I believe that studying this parable and the truths it teaches will make us more effective as believers, as witnesses for Christ, and more effective in praying for people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. The title I'd like to give, uh, give to you about this message today, that as I preach it, I've entitled it, The Sower, The Seed, and the soil. Both witnesses, both witnessing and prayer are essential to effectively sharing the gospel because we will see from this passage it comes down really to how a person receives the message. And so the first thing I want you to see from this passage is the master's illustration. The master's illustration in verses 3 through 9. And for the sake of time, we're not going to read it all again. But we find that Jesus presented to his audience a moral picture flashed upon our mind's eye. He masterfully opened a whole scene of truth which, with such clarity and power that it, it could not be easily perverted or forgotten. Now, illustrations are a wonderful tool for teaching to drive home truth. A parable is an earthly story about a heavenly truth. And Jesus uses this wonderful truth, to this wonderful instrument of driving truth to the hearts of the hearers. And Jesus often used it to add point and force to his teachings and argumentations because it appeals to our perceptive facilities. It's like opening the door or windows to our hearts and minds to allow the fresh scent of God's creative beauty into our lives. And those who recognize and relate to the flow of fresh air through the doors and windows appreciate its truths. Now, if you've been in San Diego any length of time, wherever you might live, I don't know where some of you do, but most of us do not have AC. At least where we live, we don't have air conditioning. So what we do 
as we just open up the doors on both ends of the house and just the, the flow of the breeze is what we get. And sometimes we smell the, the, the flowers outside. And most of the time we smell the traffic from the other side. But it, the windows and the doors being open lets in our, uh, uh, the, the smells and the sounds that gives us the senses of what's really happening. Well, that's what Jesus did with parables. And Jesus would always use illustrations to arrest the attention of his audience to make his teachings and interesting, uh, uh, more interesting and understandable. In sermon and speech preparation, we call it coloring, where we develop a skeletal outline, add the meat or content to it, and then put in the coloring or illustrations. Well, Jesus is the master colorer. He's the creator of colors. In this lesson, Jesus used the illustration of a farmer. He used the word sower. He talked about the seed because there were uh, crops outside and farms out there. He he mentions fowl because they were flying up above. The hot sun, weeds all around, rocks, and a fertile crop. The master illustrator used what he had created to uh, drive in his lessons. One of the major principles in public speaking is to know your audience. And Jesus, knowing the multitudes who came, specifically gave this parable because he knew who was out there. Jesus is the king of preachers and of public speaking, and he knew full well the congregation. He knew that he had an eternal divine message that needed to be communicated and he also knew that not everyone in the audience would receive or grasp the message. So this passage of scripture is applicable to every congregation. So we see the master's illustration. The second thing I want us to see is the master's explanation. And this is where we get to in verses 10 through 20. It says, and when he was alone... They that were about him with the twelve asked him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? Here, Jesus explains what he had just spoken about when he gave that illustration that a sower went out to seed and the seed went into different places and different grounds. And he mentioned that sometimes there would be a, a bird that would come and snatch the seed, and other times there would the, the, the seed would grow a little bit, and the sun would be so hot that it would wither and die, and other places where the seed began to grow, the weeds would choke it up, but there were times when the seed grew in good soil, and it produced a lot of fruit. And so he wanted 
the ones that were with him to understand this. He explained first that his message is discernible only to the spiritual heart and mind. Look at verse number 11. He said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. What he was saying was only those who wanted to know would know. Now in the Bible, a mystery isn't something that you can't figure out. It is actually something that hasn't yet been previously revealed, but God would give people understanding of it. And then he explained that there were those who were without. What does that mean? What he was talking about, that those who are without are those who are, uh, didn't have the mindset of Christ. They were outside of divine truth. They were still seeing the lessons as parables, not as actually something divine from God. They are without spiritual desire. They are without spiritual understanding, and they are without spiritual attention. And then in verse number 12, he goes on to say that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing that they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. What was he speaking about there? What he was saying was that uh, even though they saw these things, they didn't really get it. Even though they heard They didn't quite grasp that perchance they might actually come to the knowledge and truth of the saving God. So in his explanation, he continues to say, well, no, you don't know these, this lesson or these, these uh, illustrations, how then, well, then you, you know these things. And so he proceeds to give the further explanation of the previous illustration. And we find that in verses 14 through 20. The first thing I want you to see is that he explains the sower. And this is the meat of our message. He explains the sower. Who is the sower? Well, the sower is the farmer or the servant. And when you read in the scriptures, you will find that there are two main sowers. First, there's the divine servant as the master sower. That's Jesus Christ. He is the principal sower, and he is sowing a new message here in this passage. This this multitude was hearing messages and seeing miracles that they had never heard before. And so here is this master sower, the principal farmer, and he, he sows by his own creation. He created the fowls. He created the the stones. He created the sun. And so he is the wise and skillful sower, and he has perfect knowledge of oil, all the soils. He's the universal sower who is not a respecter of any soil. He's the efficient sower, for he is the one who brings the seed to fruition. He is the one who commissioned us also to sow. The Bible says in Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Luke 24, verses 46 and 47, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins uh, should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. John twenty twenty one. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father sent me, even so send I you. 
So we see the divine servant, the master sower. That's Jesus Christ. And then I want you to see the delivered servants who are the ministering sowers. You see, the master sower has already given us the great commission. He's commissioned those who have been delivered from the wrath of God to be the ones who serve him by sowing the good seed of the word. We who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, apart from any of our own works, and have trusted in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures, we have been given a responsibility to be sowers of the good seed of God's word. The scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 1, we then, as workers together with him, Beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. As Jesus Christ is the master sower, we who have been delivered by his blood are also ministering sowers. And we are working with him and serving with him alongside of him as we share the gospel with others. And as John fifteen five says, for without him we can do nothing. Now, it is the high calling of every believer to work together with him. It is not an option. It's not an obligation. I mean, uh, uh, but an obligation. It's not a request, but a responsibility given to every believer to be sowing the seed of God's word. So we see the sower. He explains the sower, and then secondly, he explains the seed. Verse number 15, he says, And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. The seed is the word of God or the scriptures. Ordinary seed has an outward coat and the life principle is hidden inside because there's an inward life within it. And the words we hear or read from the scriptures are that outer covering uh, which is uh, which has the life the life inside it, where the Holy Spirit causes to germinate inside our hearts. We hear the Word of God, the Holy Spirit lodges it inside of us, and as we respond, it grows and develops into our souls. The Word of God has the power, just like a seed. To give life, to produce life, because the Bible is alive. The life-giving property in the seed is, uh, excuse me, is in the seed, not in the soil. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God has that ability to produce life just like the seed produces life. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And every seed brings forth after its kind. Spiritual seed will bring forth spiritual life. Wicked seed brings forth wicked life. 
You can't plant dandelions and expect to reap roses. So, Jesus explains that the seed is the word that is sown. The sower soweth the word. Now, the third explanation that he gives is of the soil. He explains first the sower, and then he explains the seed, and then he explains the soil. Verse number 15 through 20, he gives us four different types of soil. And when he uh, gives the explanation, he is saying that the soil is the condition of the heart at hearing the word, not the condition of the head alone. It's the condition of the heart. And he explains four conditions of, of heart conditions, four types of soil. And the first thing that we see in verse number 14 is the superficial heart. The superficial heart. Notice it says, And these are they by the wayside where the seed is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that is sown in their hearts. The superficial heart is is the one where the seed basically just bounces off and doesn't germinate or grow in any way. This is the heart that supposedly hears the word of God but doesn't heed the word of God. Receiving it is only apparent and possibly even accidental, hence the term by the wayside, by happenstance. These hearers often have a heart that has an overinflated view of self, and they are generally incapable of self-contemplation, self-reflection, and honest self-examination. You ever come across these people? You try to share with them the Bible? And they say, oh, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. There are even people that hear messages in church and say, oh, I wish so-and-so were here to hear that because they really could have used that when they're the ones that are actually the ones guilty of it. And ladies and gentlemen, let us not be guilty of doing the same thing ourselves. They hear the word. But it's usually for someone else to apply. And this is described in Psalm 40 verse, excuse me, Psalm 10 verse number 4. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all, all his thoughts. The spiritual understanding, the word of God means nothing. This kind of superficial heart can even come to church and claim to be born again for a long time and spend time even in scripture attending work, worship services and even pray publicly. But it's all for show because the seed has never really taken lodging. And in this audience were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And that's who he was talking about. We are going to go ahead and stop here, and we'll conclude this message next week. If you're looking for a church family where you can serve, I'd like to invite you to Anchor Baptist Church of San Diego. We are a Christ-centered, family-oriented ministry located at 8245 Ronson Road, Suite D, San Diego, California, 92111. Our services start on Sunday for Sunday school at 9.30 a.m., and our morning worship begins at 10.45 Then we have a brief time of fellowship before we begin our afternoon service 
at 12.15 p.m. Our midweek Bible study and prayer time is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And if you or anyone you know is struggling with a destructive, addictive behavior, Anchor Baptist Church offers an addictions recovery ministry, which is a Bible-based recovery program that provides freedom through the power of God and His Word. This program is called Reformers Unanimous, and we meet every Friday at 7 p.m. Also at 8245 Ronson Road, Suite D, San Diego, California, 92111. You've been listening to Anchored in Christ with Pastor David Kehiwat. For more information, visit anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. Tune in next week at the same time for Anchored in Christ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.